Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Thanks for joining us on the Ashto ETAP Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. We're pleased to welcome to the podcast Janine Miller, Georgia DOT's Director of Planning, and Charles Robinson, the Assistant State Transportation Planning Administrator. This month, we're going to be talking about something new in the transportation planning world, planning and environmental linkages. A PEL represents a collaborative and integrated approach to transportation decision-making that considers environmental, community, and economic goals early in the transportation planning process, and secondly, uses the information, analysis, and products developed during planning to inform the environmental review process. Some of the benefits include improved relationships with stakeholders, improved project delivery timelines, and better transportation programs and projects. While we're going to be discussing this in some detail during the podcast, you can also learn more about Pell by going to the Center for Environmental Excellence website at environment.transportation.org. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Bernie. Why don't we start off for those who aren't familiar with this particular stretch of I-85 that we're going to be talking about, giving us a little bit of background, if you will, about the roadway and some of the characteristics, if you will, of why this study is being done. Thanks, Bernie. I'll jump in here first and say thanks for putting this podcast together at ASHTO's leadership on bringing real-world experiences out to our colleagues. Uh, This is a great opportunity, and we hope that we can share what we know and even learn back and follow up as we embark upon uh, this endeavor here on I-85 in Gwinnett County. This planning environmental linkage study is going to be vital for this corridor, the northeast area of uh, Metro Atlanta. Uh, At its busiest location, I-85 carries 300,000 vehicles every day. Key industries in the area are retail and wholesale trade, as well as professional, scientific, and technical services, manufacturing. We've had a great deal of economic growth in this area in Gwinnett County over the past several decades, and more is projected to come in the future. In fact, uh, speaking of economic development, this is part of the National Highway Freight Network, and upwards of 15% of our traffic there are freight vehicles, trucks, and we know that that freight data shows us is going to grow over the coming decades. And that is not just vital for Gwinnett County itself, but it's for the entire southeast part of the country, which is growing in population, jobs, and economically overall. So I-85 is important to GDOT and Gwinnett County for the people that we serve every day throughout the state, but it's also um, important for the public and key stakeholders for providing safe, reliable interstate travel for people and goods there. We're really looking to do multiple things with this planning environmental linkage study, addressing congestion, of course, with effective and proven options, as well as possible innovations, Um, enhancing traffic operations, and always number one priority is improving safety in the area with collaboration with Gwinnett County, who has been a tremendous partner with the department over the years. As I mentioned in the opening, this is about the I-85 Planning and Environmental Linkages Study, APEL. Uh, For those maybe not familiar with what APEL is, is that something that Georgia DOT has done before? Is it something that was required for this particular highway uh, before you were able to 
really begin work? Great question, Bernie. This is the first PEL study that's being done yeah, in the state of Georgia. It's not a requirement, but it's really a proactive approach you know, that's been embraced by other you know, DOTs that Georgia would like to you know, benefit from. Yeah, it really represents a collaborative and integrative approach to transportation decision making that really looks at the impacts of the environment, community and economy much earlier in the process and goes beyond their traditional planning you know, approach. You know, with that, we've also seen your benefits of just fostering better relationships between our stakeholders, our internal offices. You know, just as an aside from the, the study. You know, we are coordinating with the Office of Environmental Services you know, much more closely. You know, planners have the opportunity to take some National Highway Institute intro to environmental and NEPA decision-making courses. The environmentalists took basic intro to your know, planning courses. So we're learning about each other's roles and responsibilities. And it's been a you know, great you know, working relationship thus far. And we're expecting you know, great you know, benefits here forth. Janine had mentioned that this is a joint study with Gwinnett County. Why did you decide to involve the county? Yeah, Gwinnett County, yeah, as Janine had noticed, like a great partner yeah, with yeah, GDOT, yeah, who uh, truly understands the importance of transportation. Yeah, and um, they've prioritized the infrastructure yeah, through their yeah, SPLOS yeah, over the years. It's a very a critical corridor. Yeah, they've actually contributed yeah, half the funding. It's yeah, the largest yeah, planning study. Yeah, of its kind, it's $10 million. They contributed year $5 million, and we contributed year $5 million to the study. One of the initiatives was to, you really to see how far we can take the study, how much of a deep dive we can do you know, with it from an environmental standpoint. So PAL, you know, with a lot of the, you know, the new websites with Federal Highway Administration, the enhanced literature on it, it's just a natural fit for that. And Gwinnett County is all, also has that proactive approach, you know, looking at you know, transportation solutions for future you know, benefits, as well as um, analyze existing you know, corridor and the conditions. Not so much focusing on this particular study, but just in general, when we're talking about Appel, what is involved with that? What are environmental linkages, for example? Environmental linkages where in the beginning of traditional planning, we may do you know, some screeners and so forth, but the environmental linkages really you're know, looking at some potential you know, NEPA you know, benefits, maybe using the Appel um, your document to inform some NEPA your decisions and later your projects. Again, with the um, a needed purposes established in the beginning of the study, and we're coordinating with resource agencies, which is very you know, new you know, in terms of you know, taking it beyond the traditional planning approach. We also have um, a lot more stakeholder involvement and, and engagement throughout you know, this process. And I guess the coordination efforts with Federal Highway Administration Georgia Division have been amazing. Yeah, we wanted to use this PAL studies to establish a framework for future PAL studies in Georgia, but we're utilizing the, the your successes of our other partner, your DOT. So it's, it's truly a benefit and they've been exceptional partners throughout from the beginning. And yeah, we're looking forward to having a framework at the conclusion of the study. You mentioned FHWA, obviously, they're going to be a part of what's involved here. Obviously, Gwinnett County, since they're contributing half of the funding for the study. Are there other agencies that are also participating, perhaps not financially, but at least in terms of expertise and feedback? Absolutely. The project exists within the Atlanta Regional Commission, you know, the, the Atlanta you know, MPO for the area. They're participating. Gwinnett County, of course, but a lot of the, muni the municipalities within the study area, a lot of community improvement districts. 
So all of these yeah, stakeholders, as well as you know, the public, yeah, we've yeah, conducted various public information meetings and we piggybacked on community events. So truly robust and comprehensive effort. And it's been you know, just great, you know, the feedback we received thus far. We're recording this podcast in early October 2020. Tell us a bit about the timeline. When did this start? Where are we currently? And what is the projected endpoint? Well, the project really started in early calendar year, year 2019. You know, we've since you develop a pretty comprehensive existing conditions analysis. You know, we infuse that with your feedback you know, from the public. And we're continuing now with what we call our, our tier one analysis, which really looks at a host of ideas that we've gained through your reviews of previous plans, stakeholder feedback again, your experts looking in the field, looking at different strategies and corridors, and really compiling that into your, what initially began as over a thousand your ideas. And now it's a multi-tier process where we're going to continue to refine your, those ideas, first being determine how well the alternative, the initial idea addresses a transportation need, and then looking at how it works independently, you know, in conjunction you know, with your other projects along you know, the corridor. And one cool thing I think is worth mentioning is you know, we agreed with Federal Highway Administration on an approach that you know, there be strategic coordination points, and we've reached consensus. That was the term that's used when there are certain documents and so forth that everyone agrees upon. And we've had your know, consensus on, on multiple you know, documents in this early year phase. The project is expected to last another uh, two or so years. The total process was three to four years. And we're going to you know, further you know, analyze the uh, different improvements, develop scenarios, and really look at an implementation plan at the conclusion. You mentioned that the initial phases of the study really began, I guess, last year in 2019. Certainly no one anticipated a pandemic when you were first starting to talk about putting together this study. How has that affected the whole process in terms of gathering feedback and perhaps public involvement? Great question. Well, a lot of our public outreach activities initially were pre-COVID-19. A lot of the traffic data that we gathered you know, was were pre-COVID-19. You know, GDOT is currently looking at a, a new platform for your know, virtual meetings. And, you know, we were actually looking at that prior to COVID-19, but we've totally embraced that. You know, we're looking at your future virtual meetings, virtual uh, your outreach your activities, and we want to fully utilize the existing your resource and the platform that GDOT has established. So the future meetings due to the, the limitations on uh, your in-person meetings will prove to pay a lot of expected your dividends you know, on the study. And we're just excited to add to our yeah, existing sort of public outreach efforts utilizing this virtual yeah, meeting place. You talked about obviously doing some of this virtually. I'm curious if social media plays any role in terms of the public feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, social media plays. We have you know, Instagram, we have you know, Facebook, we're doing blogs, we have you know, newsletters. We actually uh, utilize a billboard with a hashtag to you know, reference our surveys you know, early on. And we're looking at potentially you know, that approach again. But we want to you know, look at a variety of uh, opportunities to best you know, engage the public and stakeholders and you know, make sure we're totally understanding you know, what they feel is the problems along the corridor and make sure that you know, we're focusing on those as well as using a totally quantitative data-driven approach 
to better assess those needs. Janine had mentioned that approximately 300,000 vehicles are using this corridor, I believe, during peak periods. Now, obviously, again, COVID has caused a, a big change in terms of how people are traveling. It's changed our peak periods and things of that sort. Do you anticipate that there will be any permanent changes as a result of the pandemic that might change the scope or some of the conclusions that will come as a result of this study? I'll say a few words and I'll you, you transition out when you know, to Janine, but we're actually looking at the impacts of COVID. We're going to do a, a white paper assessing you know, the pre and, and the current you know, conditions and, you know, and that will definitely be a consideration when we're looking at our future projections. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're anticipating it has impact, and we're gonna you know, analyze those and look at the future your know, conditions and and how you know this you know, could potentially impact it from a passenger and freight perspective. And I'll add to that, Bernie. That of course, as we're planning infrastructure, this is a long-term plan. We do anticipate that the work we're doing here certainly will be applicable in the new world in the new economy. But the long-term play here from the standpoint of infrastructure for multiple decades to come will transcend the traffic impacts we've seen over the past seven months. Almost a, a blip in time from a infrastructure planning standpoint. This corridor supports that, that traffic flow throughout the southeast uh, coming up from the Gulf Coast and Florida and coming down from, from the very populated areas in the in the northeast uh, parts of the U.S. So we anticipate the traffic volumes will come back over time, over the, the period that uh, we're planning for. In the quarter we have today, express lanes uh, that carry, you know, pre-COVID we're carrying 33,000 trips per day in one lane because of the congestion price on that one single lane there. Of course, HOT is a hot lane or three-person plus carpools and Alternative fuel vehicles can use those lanes for free in that, that 16 uh, mile corridor. But uh, we are anticipating that over time, those demand for that very, very precious one lane of congestion free, essentially uh, roadway is going to increase. So we're, we're looking at ways, innovative ways to think through what that whole corridor looks like for the next 20 to 30 years and beyond. We have express bus in the area as well, as in for, for suburban commuters coming into the central business districts, plural. Seven routes from seven park and ride lots, 3,200 parking spaces today. We're looking at multimodal solutions as well for our future. When you talk about some of the multimodal solutions, you mentioned the express buses, obviously, playing a role with moving hundreds, if not thousands of people uh, through the corridor. Is fixed rail something that is being considered? Is that an option that's being looked at? At this point, uh, there's really you know, nothing you know, off the table. You know, we want to make sure we do a, a full comprehensive review. And there have been you know, some comments that we've received from the public to consider that. So we're you continue to evaluate you know, multiple alternatives, but absolutely uh, all modes are, are being considered at this point. I did just want to point out a couple statistics about the population growth there. What we're seeing, it's projected to be the largest county uh, in the region or state by 2050 with a total population of 1.45 million people. That's um, 600,000 more folks since 2015. Right now, we're just under a million. We're projecting that to grow. And we see travel patterns throughout that whole Gwinnett County area. It's not just a north-south 
or a northeast uh, southwest sort of flow. That is the, the central corridor for the entire Gwinnett County area. And that's another reason that it's so important to partner with Gwinnett County is, is what occurs on that corridor, most, that swath of, of roadway is gonna impact all the communities, all the economies, all the small businesses uh, throughout the entire of Gwinnett County. And that intersection and, and interplay between those travel demands for people and freight is, is absolutely vital. And we're just delighted to have Gwinnett County partnering with us. It, whatever sort of modal solutions come out of it, we're excited about what we're looking at here. Janine, you had mentioned about the importance of this corridor for freight between the Gulf Coast and points north, and as well as just within the region itself. Have you been getting feedback from the freight stakeholders in this study? I can answer that at this point, you know, we've just been more of the, you know, the general public, you know, there is a focus for us to engage the freight community. So we're looking at, you know, different you know, ways to you know, better assess that data. When this is all wrapped up, what are the overall goals and deliverables that you expect to have from this study? One of the overall goals is just to have a, a very, you know, our first, you know, comprehensive, you know, pale study and you know, just to, you know, show the, you know, the benefits, your know, other process. There's a, you know, we have innovative approaches to communications. You're know, doing one of these type studies, both face to face and virtually. You know, we want to, you know, there'll be a lot better and even more enhanced partnership between us and uh, Gwinnett County. You know, just, you know, just going through you know, the process here for this has been exciting. Yeah, as well as a, a framework for PL studies you know, in, in the future between you know, GDOT and Federal Highway Administration. Yeah, you know, we're excited about the, you know, the different opportunities, you know, that we've encountered you know, thus far and just you know, continue those collaboration efforts with you know, uh, other offices and the potential for accelerated project delivery. You know, that's a key component of PAL and something that we'll be you know, looking for as well uh, you know, to position those projects for that. I'll just add to that. I agree totally with Charles. In, in essence, this is about expedited project delivery. We know that the NEPA process can be a, a long drawn out ongoing endeavor to get to the record of decision that's needed for a very complex set of solutions. We think the earlier that we get started on the collaboration locally and the collaboration with all the affected federal agencies, prior to the notice of intent uh, that we submit on the NEPA process, that will give us the best chance we, we have for uh, a short uh, as possible um, streamlined and co collaborative environmental review process that really is the spirit of the one federal decision. That pre-NOI set of activities is vital for uh, everyone being on the same page, folks vetting out uh, innovative and, and potentially really, really helpful, effective solutions that otherwise hadn't been thought of. And I'd, I'd encourage uh, the audience to take a look at the resources that Federal Highways has provided on their website, whether you're looking at uh, what other states have done in the past decade or so since the HEL was authorized and the Federal Authorization Act, whether you're looking for guides, um, best practices, even timelines as it relates to one federal decision or, or for projects that aren't yet in a one federal decision framework, Federal Highways has a tremendous battery of, of resources available uh, for project sponsors uh, to use to achieve the real true benefits and, and advantages that happen 
with the pill process. Charles and Janine, before we wrap up, any last thoughts that you have or anything that you would like to add to what uh, we've been discussing about the GDOT I-85 Pell study? I would just like to just note the support that we receive here from executive leadership here at GDOT. Yeah, it's been amazing. We continue to you know, develop. Yeah, again, I, I keep working on, on the framework, but this will provide a roadmap for leveraging your planning studies in the future to the, to the fullest extent. Your Pell study won't be for you won't be utilized for every project, but there are definitely best practices that could be utilized in general your planning studies. So we're looking to fully utilize those you know benefits in the future and to you know, develop you know, more streamlined approaches and you know just enjoying everything about you know the Pell process and the relationships you know thus far. And I would just add to that if. Uh, there are project sponsors that are looking to take on a large process that leads to large impact and long-term benefits for the traveling public. Definitely encourage the use of the Pell. Um, it, it will minimize duplication of effort. It will expedite the project delivery. And there are resources and folks and information that's available to help as you go along this pathway. I encourage uh, folks to take a look at at this opportunity for for their own projects. Well, I'd like to thank you both for being part of our Ashto ETAP podcast. We've been talking with Janine Miller, Georgia DOT's Director of Planning, and Charles Robinson, the Assistant State Transportation Planning Administrator. Again, thank you both for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Bernie, for the amazing opportunity.